0: Hey up Sassnacks, it's Chelsea back for another episode of the Sassnack Files. This week we are discussing all of the deleted, extended, and extra scenes from Season 3 of Outlander. But before we get to that, I want to take a moment to remind you that you can find the Sassnack Files on all sorts of listening platforms, including iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, if you have not had a chance yet, make sure you head over to follow The Sass Files on both Facebook and Instagram to make sure you are up to date on all of the latest and greatest news concerning Outlander Seasons 7 and 8, as well as Blood of My Blood, Men in Kilts, and anything Diana Gabaldon cooks up. And with all of that out of the way, let's get into the Season 3 deleted and extended scenes. The first scene from season three that was completely deleted is called A Real Home. It's from 301 The Battle Joined. And it's a really cute little scene with Frank walking out onto the streets of Boston in front of their new home in 1948 and having a quick exchange with the realtor and looking up longingly at his new home that they have just purchased. I really find this scene kind of endearing, if that makes sense. Frank is so happy to have a fresh start. You really get Claire's view on things in this episode, which I mean, that's by design, obviously, because we're very much focusing on the separation between Jamie and Claire and their lives over the course of 20 years in the first several episodes of this season. So naturally, we're going to get more of Claire's story. I do like how we kind of get the Frank angle on this because over the course of the first couple of episodes in this season, we do get bits and pieces of Frank. But overall, we're really left to interpret his life and his actions through the eyes of others over the course of this season. Of course, I love Tobias Menzies. He's a fantastic actor, fantastic at both playing Frank, And Blackjack. Anytime we can see him on screen, it's fantastic. What I find interesting is that I guess the initial script for this was actually a relatively short script, and so there were a bunch of scenes that were included. Additionally, once they kind of got going with this and realized that it was going to be short, this is one of those scenes. Another one of the scenes is Claire making dinner in the fireplace. It's just interesting that, like scenes that we think of as not necessarily iconic for this episode, but that are inherently placed there, and we really see that as a connection between Claire and Jamie that scene with Claire at the fireplace. I really like this scene for Frank specifically because this episode is all about the fresh start for Frank and Claire. Claire has agreed to leave Jamie behind. They have moved across the sea to America so that Frank can start his job at Harvard. And so Frank walks into this episode very much with an optimism about him. Claire obviously knows that it's not going to be as easy as oh, I'm just going to leave Jamie behind in Scotland. And that is that. So she's obviously struggling with that. And so I think this scene goes to show Frank's mindset in where this episode starts, that he is very much clean slate. Let's do this in love with his wife, ready to make things work. And obviously that slowly devolves over the course of this episode, but I like starting the episode there. The second scene is from 302. It's called Dead Nor Alive. And it is a interesting little fight scene, (laughs) interesting little fight scene between Jamie and Corporal McGregor, I think his name is. The Scotsman turned red coat that cut off Fergus's hand. It's interesting because Ron Moore didn't want to keep it. He said he didn't think the fight was believable. And I can kind of see where he's coming from in that it does feel very much like a contrived scene to make sure that justice is meted out. And, you know, sometimes we just don't get that. Sometimes in life, things happen and they're unfair and you never get a reason why. You never get justice for it. And I think that for this particular part of the season, that was a more powerful message to get across. That, you know, life isn't fair and sometimes crap happens and there's nothing we can do about it. Now, I understand why they would have kept it if they did. And I feel like if they would have kept it, it may have said more about Jamie's character in a lot of ways. In the books, Jamie is an extremely violent person. He believes in justice and he believes he's the hand of justice in a lot of ways. And I think that this type of scene really goes to show that aspect of his personality. That's something that in later seasons, particularly season five, season six, season seven, we do see a little bit more of that red Jamie as it's known as that part of his personality. We see a bit more of that in later seasons, but I feel like there was such an emphasis put on Jamie being this perfect idealistic man that Claire wants so desperately to get back to that... That was almost part of the reason that it was cut in a way. Not to say it was the entire reason because I do understand it may not have felt right for this episode and for the message they were trying to get across. I wouldn't go so far as to say that I don't think that it was a good fight scene or that it made logical sense. I mean, clearly, Corporal McGregor was on the warpath. He wanted to hunt down the Dun Bonnet, and he was willing to do whatever he had to do to make that happen. That was a clear message, and I think it felt good to get some closure for Jamie. Like, it felt good for him to get justice for Fergus And it was also interesting to hear the scene after that between Jamie and Mary, where Ian had been down in Morta, where the body of the soldier was discovered, and they were pretty much all laughing about it and saying, oh, he must have got drunk and fell in and drowned. Like, nobody thought anything of it, because one key thing in this scene is that McGregor looks at Jamie and says, you're the reason that they think of us as nothing better than barbarians. Like... This is what I'm trying to prevent by joining the Redcoats and showing them that we can be civilized. And Jamie understands that they're never going to view them like that. A Scott is a Scott is a Scott. And so when we get to the conversation between Jamie and Mary, where she's saying that they kind of just laughed it off and said that he drowned and that that wasn't unusual considering he was... A good for nothing Scott, basically. And Jamie just kind of smirks to himself because McGregor betraying his own people didn't in any way improve his reputation to the British and it only made him look bad to the Scots. So there were elements of that scene and the scene with Jamie and Mary that I did really like. I can't say for sure, like I'm not, 100% sold on them cutting it. I'm not 100% sold on them keeping it. So I guess in that respect, I understand why they cut it because it wasn't something that anybody felt really strongly about and it didn't need to be there. The next scene from season three's deleted and extended scenes is called Tell Me Why You Escaped. It's a scene from the third episode, All Debt's Paid. It's a compilation of scenes that really changes the dynamic of the episode. I feel like it makes the relationship between Jamie and John a bit more antagonistic in a way, Jamie is challenging John here. And it definitely gives it more of a vibe of how it was in the books in a lot of respects, because there really was a give and a take to Jamie and John's relationship until eventually Jamie just cut it off for a long time following the scene where John takes Jamie's hand. So it was a very interesting dynamic to watch David and Sam play because there was so much there that was really left unspoken in the final cut of the episode. Of course, introducing Murta into the Ardsmuir storyline for what came out of Voyager really changed the dynamic of everything that happens afterwards. That is a chief complaint from a lot of book readers is how much the story had to be adapted and changed to accommodate that decision from the showrunners. Now, whether we agree with it or not is not really up for debate here. It happened. What we're going to discuss is how it changed the story. In a lot of respects, whenever we look at all Debt's Paid in particular, a story that was supposed to be about Jamie forming a bond with his fellow prisoners and taking on this role of McDo didn't really happen. We didn't see that at all in All Debt's Paid because it was more centrally focused on the relationship between Jamie and Myrta, which, yeah, if you're not a book reader and you had no expectations of what this episode was going to be, you wouldn't have any issues with it. It might even be one of your favorite episodes of season three. And understandably so. Everybody did a fantastic job. It was a great way to reintroduce Lord John to the audience. And I feel like the story overall is good. Part of this sequence of events, because this tell me why you escaped sequence, is actually a compilation of several different scenes, picking up from when Jamie comes back from Selkie Island and then goes all the way through until the doctor arrives to treat Marta. There's a very lengthy scene wherein Jamie and Myrta are sitting in the prison cell, and Jamie is taking care of a very ill Myrta. And Myrta is like, why did you come back? If you didn't want to be captured, there's no way they would have caught you. You had your freedom. Jamie came back for Myrta, and that is abundantly clear in this scene that was cut. Later on in the series, when Claire asks Jamie why he came back, it's all about his men. He came back for his men because he was their leader and they needed a voice. And that's why he felt that responsibility to them. When in reality, that whole dynamic is shifted by Murta's presence there. When the tartan is found in the cell while they're doing their cleaning or whatever, and it's found to be Murta's, John ends up trying to use Myrta's potential flogging as a bargaining chip for Jamie. He's trying to blackmail Jamie in a sense and say, look, this is your ill kinsman that you asked me to treat. Well, instead of treating him, if you don't tell me why you were out at the island, I'm going to have him flogged. Jamie is trying to bargain for Myrta's life. He's trying to take the punishment on himself, and John is not going to let him do that because that would defeat the purpose. He is following the act of prescription, but every single person in that yard knows that John also has the ability to waive that punishment as the governor of the prison. When Jamie challenges him, that's a very interesting dynamic for that because Jamie's just a prisoner. And while he is the voice of the rest of the prisoners and he is able to advocate for them, that's ballsy for him to stand up to John and be like, we're not here because we're testing my resolve. Like we're here because you're testing your own is basically what he's saying. And John begrudgingly has to admit that he's right. And so it's a very interesting dynamic. Also, I mean, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. Um, In my eyes, I think it kind of makes John look weak. And so I'm kind of glad they cut it in that respect because when you're looking at John admitting that a prisoner is right, And then bowing out at the last moment, it may have been what was right for his conscience, but I don't think it did any favors as far as how we view John and how his soldiers respect him so much. But you're going to drag the entire prison out into the yard and threaten to flog a prisoner and then let another prisoner talk you out of it. Like, that just doesn't seem... Like that would be a realistic scenario. So I kind of agree with cutting that. And it's like Ron said, it also made going from that scene to the scene where the doctor shows up at the cell really with Lashy. Like, how is that supposed to coincide with each other? It just seems like a really big turnaround. And when you kind of pause it and you think about it, you can really understand that the way it was written wasn't necessarily John backing off. It was him silently agreeing to the fact that Jamie had said, if you're not willing to negotiate, then get on with it because we have nothing more to discuss. And this is John coalescing and saying okay let's negotiate you know like I scratch your back you scratch mine I'll help your kinsman, and you can help me find the treasure and we can both get on with our lives type deal so by cutting all this out it just makes John look much more amenable from the get-go we know that he has resentment towards Jamie because of everything that happened in season two There's no questioning that that is the case. There's no questioning that John doesn't want to be at Ardsmuir, that crap happened that caused him to have to be there, and the sooner he can get out, the better. That all is very clear without having to have this confusion of scenes, in my opinion. So I agree with them cutting it. The second scene from All Debt's Paid is not necessarily a deleted or an extended scene. It's called I Lost a Particular Friend, and I think it's more of an alternate scene. When they were originally shaping the scripts for the first half of season three, they knew that the battle joined was going to cover Culloden. What I recently learned when watching this DVD was that originally it was going to be just scenes from Culloden and not necessarily living Culloden through Jamie's eyes in a series of distorted flashbacks. While we were going through Culloden in the battle joined in its original form, they were going to cut to the British side and John and Hector and all of that so that when we came back to John's storyline in All Debts Paid, we would be informed from that scene. Obviously, in the cutting room floor, we ended up coming to a more dreamlike version of Culloden as we lived it through Jamie's eyes and through Jamie's memories. So, all of that from John's perspective got cut because it just wouldn't make sense to go from Jamie's dream state of Culloden to John, just cold cut to him mourning over his friend Hector. It doesn't make sense in context. They filmed it all, but they held on to it, and what they thought about doing was inserting it here in All That's Paid when John is telling Jamie about losing his particular friend. I mean, this is a a strong connection between John and Jamie. They both experienced great loss at Culloden, I also feel like watching this scene just gives you an inside view into the relationship between the Gray brothers because we get very few scenes between John and Hal. If you're looking for something to entertain you during Droughtlander, I cannot recommend the Lord John series enough. It is a completely different flavor to the Outlander books but it's so good, and I think this particular scene with John's voiceover from that scene that actually made the final cut, it was a very powerful moment. Like, there's no denying that Hal knows that John is gay after this point, with John mourning Hector's loss and kissing his body and saying he loves him. It's a really moving scene, and seeing how Hal pulls him away, like, I love Hal as a character, but that's me being informed by the books. And I know that we're getting Hal in season seven. So that's really exciting to me to kind of explore that element of our characters and to kind of see the brothers gray and all of their interactions because they're absolutely fabulous. But I think this scene is a good one to watch after you have watched the initial cut to let it add to your intimate knowledge of the material. It's not necessarily that it needs to be in the show version, but I think it helps educate the viewer on the character's emotions moving forward and what John went through as a young boy. I mean, he was only like 16 when this was going on. So it was a really impactful moment for John. That's something that sticks with him for the rest of his life, losing Hector at Culloden. And so I think that this is a good thing for viewers to watch on their own. So if you can check it out on YouTube, I think it's a good option for you to kind of understand where he's coming from and that that scene. Now I think that David Barry did a fantastic job in the way that they kept the scene. That was Ron's thinking on of it, that David Barry's performance was so powerful in the version of the scene that they kept that this additional scene that they shot was not necessary. I tend to agree with that. I don't think that it was necessary, but I think that it's great additional content and so I'm glad they put it on the Blu-ray. And so we merrily march along to Of Lost Things, the fourth episode of season three, And this one is an interesting one because we not only have some deleted and extended scenes, but we also have an additional scene. This is the first season that we have received these little side scenes. And, you know, I'm not mad about it. I actually want to know what rock I have been living under for the past however many years because I had always heard about this Additional scene, it's the proposal between Lord John and Isabel. Like I said, I'd always heard about it, but I have never actually seen it until today. And I just watched it, and guys, I can't stop smiling. They were so amazing. The writing was fantastic. Like I was talking about in the previous scene with enjoying the time that we get seeing Hal with John. The same can be said about this scene between John and Isabel. These are two characters that we hardly ever see on the screen together. We know that they have this relationship, this history, because of what we have heard from other characters. But we haven't really seen them interact. We've seen Isabel interact with Jamie. And then whenever we come back to John in season four, we find out that Isabel has died. And that's really all we get. It's just so great to see this scene. I am always a fan of creating story to fill the blank spaces in time that we have with these characters. And we have yet to cover time in the books where John and Isabel were married to understand their dynamic. We get a little bit of the dynamic between John and Isabel in one of the Lord John books, but not nearly as in-depth as I would like to see. And I know a lot of people would like to see, but this scene It picks up right after a chess game between John and Jamie. This is after Geneva has passed and I'm fairly certain is right after Jamie tells John he's leaving. John is clearly having some deep thoughts about whatever transpired between him and Jamie. It's a scene where Isabel is talking to him about chess but not talking about chess at all. And it's where John is replying, talking about chess, but not talking about chess at all. Their dialogue that we have between the two characters, but then the rhetoric that they're having with themselves along the way. It's very moving, very touching. And then John tells Isabel, do not hide your grief. Basically, that grief is a beautiful thing. And it's part of the human experience. Isabel asked him, well, what about your grief? And he looks at her and he was like, my grief. It's just a beautiful moment where she says, you know, I've known you since we were children. And I can see the differences in you. You're haunted now in a way that you weren't before. Um, And that's what war will do to a soldier. I think that's something that we're very much exploring as we march along into later seasons. But seeing it here in John, we don't notice it so much as viewers because we don't know much about John and we don't see John very much. And when we do see John, we see him through Jamie's eyes. So to see him through the eyes of a young girl that has known him all his life... And for her to make that kind of comment is very interesting, in my opinion. And he understands that by her seeing it, she's accepting him for his foibles, as it were. He makes the comment, sometimes one can be haunted by the living as well as the dead. He's, of course, talking about Jamie and how Jamie continues to haunt him, the want of Jamie and being unable to have him. And Isabel says, I understand exactly what you mean, because I see Geneva in Willie. I think that was a light bulb moment for John when he's like, you know, I can see Jamie in Willie too. And this is where this desire to make a happy little family where he can be a father to Willie and Isabella can be a mother to Willie, and they can both have a piece of the one that they lost, so to speak. So this is kind of where this is evolving out of. And, you know, John does love Isabel. He loves her as a sister. It's not a romantic love, but there are more than one kind of love. And I think Isabella is just so happy to have somebody see her. That just they see each other and they get each other, and I think that. They did, relatively speaking, have a happy marriage. I mean, I know it wasn't a true marriage in every essence. They weren't passionately in love, but they were two people that had known each other ever since they were children. They got along. They understood each other. They were good parents to Willie, and I think it made sense in a lot of ways. John had no desire really to get married, but he knew that it was a choice that he was going to have to make eventually, or people would start to talk. And Isabel. Never thought she would have the opportunity to marry because no one ever looked at her the way that they looked at Geneva. So it was just a really good scene. It makes you laugh with the whole John saving her from the spider on her dress type thing. And the spider's been given his marching orders. It was really just a cute scene. And so for all of that, like, I just loved this additional scene. I think to date, it's probably my favorite. I have seen the additional scenes from season four and on. And I can't say I'm 100% fond of those. But I feel like this scene from Of Lost Things was very good. The first deleted scene from 704 of Lost Things is called Keep Claire Safe, and it's a little scene of Jamie praying. And you know, now that I think about it, I don't think it's a deleted scene at all. I think it's an extended scene from when Willie comes in and sees Jamie praying. But nevertheless, it's a beautiful little scene of Jamie praying to St. Anthony to keep his family safe, Jenny and Ian and the children, Myrta. And then he says, keep Claire safe. And it cuts to Claire reading on the couch at the manse. She looks at a cross on the wall and then it goes back to Jamie. He says, keep her safe, her and my child. This is something that in the books, Jamie chants this. He prays for this at least once a day, sometimes multiple times So I liked this aspect of it, of this scene. I kind of wish they had kept it because one aspect of the show that we don't necessarily get that I wish we got more was Jamie's religious side. That's an integral part of his character. It's something that we've begun to explore a little bit more in later seasons. And I'm so glad that we are starting to get more of that because it's just one of those things where Jamie doesn't quite feel like Jamie, like the book version and the show version don't quite mesh because that religious element of him is not in the show as much. So it was really good to see that here and I'm kind of bummed that they cut it. This next scene is a deleted scene called Let's Get Started. I actually agree 100% with cutting this because it really does not add anything to the episode. It's just more of Claire, Brie, and Roger searching for Jamie through the archives Roger has uncovered some more material that they have to look through and they don't find him and that's pretty much it. So not really worth watching if I'm being honest and I totally understand why they cut it. The final deleted scene from 304 is called What Are You Doing Lady Jane? Ron Moore says that this scene was cut because it felt a little bit redundant. We'd already had a phone call between Joe and Claire, and so another one just kind of didn't seem to fit. And I really don't agree with that at all. I felt like this scene actually would have added a lot of purpose to Claire's story in this episode, mainly because... The way that the season is structured, this episode of Lost Things leans very heavily on Jamie's side of things, and then the next episode, Freedom and Whiskey, leans very heavily on Claire's side of things. And I feel like we could have added a bit more stakes to Claire's story in Of Lost Things to create more of a sense of urgency. It's more about they're looking and looking and looking and can't find anything, and eventually they give up. And that's really Claire and Brianna and Roger's story over the course of this episode. This call between Claire and Joe really adds a bit more urgency to that story because Joe is calling to tell her that the chief has extended Claire's leave multiple times and now he's kind of getting fed up with it he's like you know what i'm just going to replace her and joe's trying to cover for claire but he knows that claire is not being completely honest with him either so this is one thing that i feel like this call explores the relationship between joe and claire a little bit But it also helps us to understand why Claire gives up. Because throughout this series, it's very much a, well, Claire would never give up on Jamie. Like, there's no way. There would have to be some sort of outside force applying pressure to her before she would even consider leaving Scotland and going back home. I think that this call really gives us that extra pressure that I feel like is kind of needed for this episode, mainly because it just adds stakes for Claire. I did feel like of Lost Things, it was kind of almost not worth it with what they did keep in to even reference Claire in that episode. It could have been very much just a Jamie episode like Freedom and Whiskey was just a Claire episode. Okay, so no deleted, extended, etc. scenes from Freedom and Whiskey, but that's okay because that means we are plowing straight through into a Malcolm, which I know is what everybody wants to talk about. That is hands down the favorite episode of season three. And I don't think anybody is like ashamed to admit that. To be honest, Freedom and Whiskey is my favorite episode of season three, and it definitely makes my top 10 all-time episodes list. But I'm happy to talk about A. Malcolm. I'm happy to talk about the reunion of Jamie and Claire. This first scene is called Walk to the Print Shop. It's really just an extended look at the production that went into creating 18th century Edinburgh. You know, walking through Edinburgh, it doesn't take much to make it look like 18th century Edinburgh, in my opinion, uh, especially when you go up to the Royal Mile. It's so fascinating. You literally step foot back in time when you walk down the Royal Mile. It's amazing. They did film part of this on the Royal Mile and then part of it was filmed in like a back lot slash soundstage area. It was kind of cool just to see like all the extras and all the production equipment and props and stuff like that. It was good to see. And whenever you're watching this scene, it also makes it more obvious how much a sort of pillar in the community Jamie has become in Edinburgh. Like everybody sees him and waves and says, good morning. And that's really important, I think, whenever you're looking at the life that Jamie has established for himself, which is really the point of showing all of this at the beginning of A. Malcolm. We saw Claire walk up the stairs to the print shop and see Jamie again at the end of Freedom and Whiskey, but then we rewound the clock and we watched just what a normal day looks like for Jamie in Edinburgh as he's headed to the print shop. And I feel like that is important in establishing the life that he's built for himself. So this was good to watch. The next scene is called I Did Not Love Her, and it's an extended scene where Jamie kind of goes into the details with Claire about what actually happened with Geneva, about the blackmail and Willie's subsequent conception. I agree with cutting this because for the same reasons the showrunners did, I don't think it was necessary. People have already watched what happened in Of Lost Things, and they know the nature of how Willie came to be. So it was unnecessary to reiterate that in the script. I think that it's kind of implied that at some point, Jamie will tell Claire the full story. And so I think it's okay to leave it out. I don't think that that is something we could assume Jamie would ever keep from Claire. It's just like a not now type deal. So I agree with cutting it. And I mean, oh my gosh, can I just say... I absolutely love that scene and they actually kept the majority of the scene as it was written in the final cut and they let us re-watch it as we were watching the deleted scene because they wanted us to have the context around the material that was cut and man it just makes me want to go back and watch this episode so much like I could literally watch the first half of this episode all day long it's such a great episode. This next extended scene is also just a quick little edit. There were a lot of opportunities for quick snips, as I like to call, throughout this episode where it just kind of seemed to drag just a little bit. And so there were easily little bits and bobs that could be plucked out of the episode without really changing the intent of the scene or the meaning of the dialogue. And this was one of them. It was just a quick exchange between Willoughby and Claire. Where she was asking him, so what exactly is the nature of your business with my husband? And he says, perhaps that would be a better question for Mr. Malcolm that was really it. There's nothing in that that elaborates on plot or adds anything to the episode at all. So it was a very easy, quick snip, as I like to call it. I agree with it. It also, where it was intended to go in the episode, really seemed to stutter a little bit. So it had Claire and Jamie meeting with... Mr. Willoughby and then it had Jamie going to meet the guy in the the back room to give him the money. and then it cut to that scene with Claire that ended up getting cut and then it cut back to Jamie meeting with the man in the in the back room. So there was a lot of back and forth. It was kind of unsettling the way that it cut. So yeah, I, I agree with this. I think that it maybe even just made it a little stutter step as well as dragging on. So the final scene for a Malcolm is called Healing by Means of a Knife. And I actually really adore this scene. This is one that I don't agree with them cutting at all. I really wish that they had found time for it somewhere else. This was a really long episode, and I understand that they had to make some tough decisions. I just kind of wish that something else had hit the chopping block instead of this, because so much of Claire's character is her profession as a surgeon, but so much of what makes Jamie great is his acceptance of Claire and who she is and her connection to healing people. And this scene not only gives Claire a chance to talk to Jamie about her passion, her job, but it also gives us A chance to see why Jamie and Claire are so perfect for each other whenever she's explaining to him what a surgeon is and that a surgeon by 20th century standards is much more similar to a physician in that they're trained to heal people in all manner of medical needs but also they have a specialty and that specialty is trying to affect healing by means of a knife. And Jamie just kind of smiles at her and says, ah, a nice contradiction, that. And then he proceeds to compare her to a good knife in that it's beautiful to look at, but has a core of tempered steel and a wicked sharp edge. She's not heartless, but she can be ruthless when the need is upon her. And I think that's a perfect way of describing Claire. And I think that that scene so eloquently defines what makes Claire and Jamie such a fantastic couple is that they understand each other and how the other functions and what their passions say about them as an individual. Moving along to the next episode in season three, Creme de Mente. Oh boy. This episode was painful to watch and so far the deleted scenes are not far behind. This first scene is called Is That Brandy? It's actually the deleted scene that goes after they search the basement, Sir Percival and his lackey, the guy that's blind in one eye. They come back into the parlor and they're talking about how they want to search Jamie's room and Jamie says okay, fine, you'll find nothing there except for some stale bannocks and considerable disarray from the jerk that you sent to check out my room earlier today. And then Sir Percival gets embarrassed and was like, I'd rather not extend this stay any longer than I have to. And they just kind of make a hasty exit. Honestly, the scene is so clumsy. I understand why they cut it, but also it just speaks to the bigger problem of this episode. Like this episode had its good points, don't get me wrong wrong, but there was so much about it that was kind of cringy. And this deleted scene was yet another example of that in the fact that it just didn't make sense. Like why would Sir Percival be so hellbent on finding this brandy and finding the alcohol? And he's like, and we're going to search every nook and cranny of this. And then all of a sudden just change his view. Like he seems like far too much of a cocky piece of work to just give up so easily when Jamie insinuates that he sent someone else to inspect his room. So again, I understand why it was cut because it really didn't make sense whenever we're talking about classifications of a character and assumptions that we have made based on what we've seen of him already. So it's just a contradictory scene in a lot of ways. Very clunky, not well written at all. So yeah, chalk one more up to the disaster that was creme de menthe the second scene from creme de menthe is a lot better. And to be honest, I think that we could have kept the whole scene here and found other places to trim in this episode because it was so not good. (laughs) And this scene was so fantastic. And I think Sam and Katrina did an amazing job. So it's hard for me to justify why any of this was cut. I feel like it's really important Not only to see Jamie's jealousy here, but to see Claire's honesty as well. There's an element to this conversation where they're both trying really hard to have good communication to say why Jamie's upset for Claire to tell him why she made the choices that she did. There needs to be some sort of justification. There's been so much time separating these characters. I mean, 20 years. And so to try to communicate why Claire would come back to Jamie, I think a lot hinges on this discussion. And then obviously it gets interrupted by the fire. But when Claire raises her concern about Jamie not telling Ian where young Ian is, she makes the mistake of saying you don't understand what it's like to be a worried parent. You're not the boy's father, Jamie. And no, he's not young Ian's father. But he 100% understands what it's like to be a worried parent. He's spent the past 20 years of his life being a worried parent and not able to do anything to help his daughter or have a say in how she's brought up. And that hurts him emotionally, but it also makes him extremely jealous because he gave the care of his daughter to another man, a man who was intimate with his wife, who had a say in how his daughter was brought up. And so those elements of Frank are deeply embedded. They're not going away. And Jamie is extremely jealous of that. Claire's doing her best to say, like, look, yes, I tried to make my marriage work. I promised for better or for worse with this man. And he said he wanted to try, so we were gonna try. And we did, and yes trying included being intimate with him. But what did you expect me to do? Like, what choice did I have? So there's a lot in this scene that I think needed to be said between Jamie and Claire, not only because it would have made this episode so much better, but also when we get to the breaking point in the next episode between Jamie and Claire, we've already had this little tiff this disagreement between these two characters so that it feels like that explosion we get in First Wife has compounded on top of something. The episode First Wife has two deleted scenes in it. The first is called A Taste of Adventure. This is a nice little scene between Jamie and Ian. We don't get very many scenes between Jamie and Ian, so I was really kind of bummed that this got cut. I also feel like it needed to be there given how hard of a time Jenny gives Jamie about the whole thing. I think that Ian just comes from a place of being much more laid back about Jamie being such an influence on young Ian. I think it's important to understand that young Ian idolizes Jamie in a way and we really don't get that unless we get this scene with his father. Older Ian is talking about how the lad regales us of your adventures like you were Rob Roy himself. There's such a mystique around Jamie and he's held to such a high level, but you can understand how when Jenny and Ian are looking at their son, how that can be concerning because Jamie's not necessarily living an honorable life in his smuggling. He's breaking the law and that's not something that they want for their son. On top of the fact that you know, it's like Jamie says, well, have you forgotten that you and I went to war when we were his age? And Ian says, I remember it every time I look down. And that's not something that I want for my son to have him hobbling around on one leg or worse, come home in a box. So I think that adds a whole other level of understanding as a viewer, whenever you hear those words from Ian, like he understands what a life of adventure is means as a young boy, and what you think it is versus what it actually is. And the realities of war and fighting can certainly become a nightmare very quickly. And that's just not something that he wants for young Ian. Then for the problem to also be raised with Jamie of like, he says, you can imagine how you would feel if your child was being raised by someone who had their influence on them jamie kind of has to take a step back and like he fully realizes how that feels in the last deleted scene we were talking about between jamie and claire when jamie's raging jealousy came into full view that's exactly what he's remembering whenever we look at this deleted scene and he can understand why ian doesn't want jamie to have such influence over young ian and jamie says he's like i wouldn't wish that on anybody like he knows how that feels to have another man influencing his child. So, I really adore the scene between Jamie and Ian. I feel like we don't really have older Jamie and Ian scenes. We have a couple in season 1, then that's really it. So, I'm sad that this got cut. I'm glad we get to see it in the deleted scenes. The second deleted scene from First Wife is a scene called I Was Trying to Help. And this is an interesting scene for a couple of reasons. The first is it kind of gives an interaction between Claire and Joan, which we don't really see other than her barging in on Jamie and Claire's scene earlier in the episode. But I really feel for Claire here because in Little Joni, this beautiful, red haired, brown eyed little girl. She sees Brianna so much and you can really see that in her interaction with Joni and the way that she is tender towards this little girl and she is explaining to her like, look, I know that your mother's actions and your father's actions can seem really confusing, but it's just important for you to remember that whatever is going on between them is between them, and it really has nothing to do with you. You did nothing wrong. She's just being a really good mother figure to this little girl, which I can see why Marsley does not take kindly to that when she storms in. It gives us some byplay on Marsley and Claire. You know, Marsley takes Joni and when Claire tries to intervene, she says, it's because of you that our lives are shite. So you just stay away from us, which leads very nicely into the next fascinating part of this episode for me personally, which is Fergus intervening on behalf of Claire and saying, pardon, mademoiselle, is there a problem? And he makes eye contact with Marsley, and that's the first inkling that you get of this relationship between Fergus and Marsley, because she very quickly backs down and leaves with Joni. I feel like it would be easy to overlook that eye contact because Fergus is intervening on behalf of who he feels is his mother figure in his life. But on second glance, you can easily see the relationship there forming between Marsley and Fergus as well since the episode was running long on time, I can kind of understand why it was cut because it's not integral to the integrity of the entire episode. It makes my heart hurt for Claire. You can clearly tell she's missing her daughter, but it also hints at things to come later in this season as well. And so we get on to the high seas with the next episode, The Doldrums, which we're starting to get into that stretch of season three where it is really painful and long, sort of like Jamie and Claire's sea voyage. I'm not a big fan of this episode. I'm not a big fan of the next few episodes, honestly, but there was some value in this first scene called Keep Your Hands Off Me Knives. It shows the building of relationships, as it were, between Claire and the cook on board the Artemis. It is a very interesting dynamic, to be sure. I like how we can see Claire adapting to different situations. Mr. Murphy, the cook, is very against letting any sort of woman in his kitchen. And Claire witnesses the interaction between Willoughby and Mr. Murphy and kind of how that's going down with the haggling and bartering of goods and services willoughby is giving away some of his mushrooms for two eggs and claire learns from that and she'll give murphy some of her saffron in exchange for a place in his kitchen and i think that this is the budding of a beautiful relationship as it were i do like this again it's not one of those that i'm like absolutely we should have had this in the episode i'm so pissed it was cut Not at all. That's not what I'm saying, but I do feel like it adds value as supplemental material whenever we look at the relationship between Claire and Murphy later on in the season. The next scene called The Day Started Blending is a cute little scene that kind of goes hand in hand with the deleted scene before that. It's another interaction between Claire and Mr. Murphy where she is making medicines and she's singing, she'll be coming around the mountain. Murphy turns to her and goes, "No singing." And so she keeps going and she just makes a face and she like keeps making her medicines. And then she starts humming and he turns around like he's going to say something to her and then he just walks off. It really is funny. We lose a lot of Claire's relationships with a lot of the crew aboard the ship that I think would have added some levity to the show throughout these next few episodes. But I guess I can see why they cut it in the long term. This episode actually had several scenes that were cut, which is kind of surprising to me because it did not seem like it was an episode that had a lot to pick from as far as scene variety. It wasn't one of my favorites. Like I said, it seemed like a relatively slow episode. So I was really surprised to see that the script was long enough that we've got several sizable deleted scenes. The scene, Think We'll Get Wind Today, is a very, very, very brief scene that kind of sets up the whole Haze being the Jonah, Haze being the reason that there is no wind. It's an interaction between Manzetti and I'm not sure what the other guy's name is. They're giving him a hard time, basically. And I don't think that we missed anything from this scene. I don't even think that they really probably should have put it in the deleted scenes, if I'm being honest, because there was just nothing of value here to look at. But yeah, it's there if you want to watch it in the deleted scenes. So the next scene for the doldrums is actually one that I kind of adore. It's another moment between Jamie and Claire it's an extended version of the scene where Claire is reciting "Goodnight Moon to Jamie. After that, Jamie asks, do you miss her? And Claire says, terribly. In the locked cut, it fades and it hits the next day. In the extended edition of that scene, we continue to go on and Jamie and Claire talk about Brianna and how she... Doesn't need to get married right away because in the future, women can marry for love. When they're looking at the pictures of Brianna, Claire pulls out the portrait of Willie. And this leads into a conversation about who is taking care of Willie. And... By extension, Jamie's connection with Lord John and how all of that filters in. So it's kind of backfilling all of this information that Claire doesn't have for a similar reason that all of that information about the blackmail and Willie's conception was cut from A. Malcolm. I think they generally cut this. The viewer already knows. However, I feel like it's a different flavor in some respects because this is packed in with all of Jamie's emotions that he's also feeling. Young Anne's been kidnapped at this point. Brianna is 200 years away. Willie is entrusted to the care of John and Isabel. So Jamie really feels like he's at a loss. Like he doesn't have any control over any of his children. And even Marsali is hellbent on marrying Fergus. And so the two children that he has left are ready to step out of the nest and fly. And he's holding on for dear life because he feels like that's the last semblance of control he has over any of his his children, so to speak. For that reason, I feel like that scene is kind of important for a viewer to see. And, you know, I thought whenever I played this scene, I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this one. And as it played and all of the stuff about Lord John and how good of a man he is and how he's caring for Willie and how Jamie knows him, I don't think I've actually ever seen that. So I'm just kind of getting surprises left and right here today as I'm watching all of these deleted and extended scenes little nuggets of gold let me tell you on all of these special features for season three the last scene that was deleted from The Doldrums was yet another good scene. And so this really pisses me off that so many good scenes were cut from this episode because this just was not a good episode at all in its final iteration. And so seeing so many great character moments cut from this just breaks my heart and irritates me so badly. And so this scene was a scene between Fergus and Jamie where Jamie finally gives Fergus some sort of explanation as to why he is so set against Fergus and Marsley marrying. And what it is, is Jamie knows Fergus's lifestyle. He knows that he enjoys playing the field and having sex with multiple women and like he's very experienced and that's just how he was brought up and that's how he will always be in Jamie's opinion. Jamie doesn't feel that his lifestyle meshes with what he wants for his daughter. He's worried that Fergus is going to grow bored with Marcelle, that he doesn't love her the way that he thinks he loves her, and that at the end of the day he's going to end up leaving Marcelle and Jamie knows what it's like to be without the one that he loves and that's the last thing that he wants for his daughter. That is the explanation that Jamie offers to Fergus in this scene. Rightfully so, Fergus is pissed off that Jamie immediately jumps to that conclusion about him. He feels like he's had more honorable Actions than that, and that he's never been anything but completely loyal to Jamie. And so for Jamie to think so little of him stings immensely. I really, really don't understand why they cut the scene. I feel like it needed to be there because without this scene, without the character building that it offers, it just feels like Jamie is being obstinate for no reason. That doesn't really mesh with what we know of Jamie's character. And especially moving into Heaven and Earth, where Jamie literally felt so out of character for the entire episode in his obstinance and in his behavior that I feel like if we had had this scene between Jamie and Fergus, we might understand more where Jamie is coming from. There were no deleted or extended scenes from Heaven and Earth, but the following episode did have one at the very end. It actually is called Welcome to Jamaica, so it was supposed to take place after the turtle soup sequence. And I actually really agree with the choice to end the episode with turtle soup. It's definitely the high point of that episode. I think it's a great reunion scene. It's fun, lighthearted, after such a mess of an episode and all of the confusion and just weirdness and everything that's going on. I think that ending it on a light note of the turtle soup sequence was really good. And it's like Ron Moore said, he said after that, it was very clear in the editing room that that was the end of the episode. So trying to add anything onto it really just felt like a weird place to try to end an episode. While the dialogue is very cute between Jamie and Claire talking about Claire taking advantage of Jamie while they were both (laughs) drunk or whatever. And Ferguson Marsley clearly not getting any sleep the night before. Like it's all very fun, but not necessary. And I will say that if it's one thing this scene makes me realize in its entirety, it's how talented our actors are because they're literally on a ship with green screens all around them. I don't know about you, but I don't know how they can really get into a scene and envision their surroundings because they're literally talking about like Port Royal straight ahead, the jewel of the Caribbean, and Jamie and Claire staring off into like, we're really close, you know, like we're gonna find young Ian. And it's just green screen. Whenever you're watching the show, not for a minute does it take you out of it. Like, you wouldn't think that they were looking at anything other than the ocean in all its glory. And instead, it's just a bunch of green screen that gets added in post. Scenes like this always make me appreciate what fantastic actors we have. For once, I actually agree with the producers and the editors. I don't think that this scene was necessary for this episode. We are approaching the end of Season 3's deleted and extended scenes with the Bakra. This is the penultimate episode of Season 3, and it's got a couple of deleted scenes. The first one is called Bring Me That Boy. I think it's important to note that the Bakra originally was structured to have a series of flashbacks where it shows what happens to Ian, the reveal of Galus searching for the sapphires, all of those were supposed to be like tagged with one week ago, one month ago. And then they decided to take all of that information, compile it into the cold open and run all the way through with a new reveal of Galus. So this scene is the original reveal of Galus when she is searching through the treasure for the three sapphires. And then it pans up to her panicked face when she realizes that there's only two sapphires in there. I completely recognize the creative genius of how they revealed Galus in the locked cut of this episode. The leg raised out of the water, covered in blood, and just her voice. It's so iconic. It's one of the best reveals of the entire series that she's alive and kicking and she's just as evil as ever. It's perfect honestly, and I agree with the choice to move things around. It's just so fascinating to me to see how things were originally compiled in a script versus seeing how they end up being structured after the cutting room floor. There's so much about this episode that just has a completely different feel because of the way this episode opens with the bloody foot. And actually, this scene- with her rifling through the treasure box, ended up being kept in some form because it is the title card for this episode. We also get a reintroduction to the Campbells. That is where they come back in, so it's not such a surprise when Jamie and Claire encounter them at the Governor's Ball. There's just a lot of different things that would have felt very different. I feel like if it had kept the original cut as it was intended in the script, this would have been on par with the previous three episodes, Uncharted, Heaven and Earth, and the Doldrums, just really slow and not at all appealing to me. But because of that surprise cold open with the reveal of Galus, even though as a book reader, and even though I knew what was happening, I'll never forget that reveal. It was just genius on so many levels. The final deleted scene of the Bakra is one called She's a Wicked Soul, and it's a scene between Jamie and Claire where they're talking about the pros and cons of Galus helping them find young Ian. Jamie just has wicked bad feelings about Galus. He doesn't like her. He doesn't think that she's helping them for the right reasons. Claire, as always, her judgment is a bit clouded by her emotions. She knows that Galus saved her life at the witch trials, but also she knows that Galus has killed at least two of her husbands, maybe more. She's just a bad person. And when Claire is justifying, well, she might not be all bad. Jamie says the devil comes as the leader of light or something like that. Basically like (laughs) Sasnak. She killed two of her husbands. Like, yeah, she may have done a good thing, but that doesn't equate to her earning forgiveness and not having committed any sins. Like, take it with a grain of salt, basically. Just because she helped Claire survive doesn't mean that she's not evil. And I think that's what Jamie's getting at. But also, he's willing to take any help he can get to find Ian, even if that means dealing with the devil himself. I like anything with Jamie and Claire. I mean, Kat and Sam are always phenomenal. But this is one that I'm like, okay, this is nothing that we have not already inferred from every other scene we've had with Jamie and Claire. And so we make it to the final episode of season three, The Eye of the Storm. And now we get a scene called We're Friends, which is between Galus and Claire. Again, one of those scenes where everything in it is just reiterating what the viewer has already seen. So not anything Amazing and new and exciting. I don't think it was necessary either. I think that the way that they cut the episode was sufficient to up the stakes every time we see Claire and Galis together versus a gradual ramp, if that makes sense. This scene was just Galus questioning Claire about Ian and if they found anything about Ian and also trying her to drink this truth serum tea that she had given Ian at the very beginning of the episode. So we already know the stakes of Claire drinking this tea, but Claire has quite plainly refused to drink the tea. And that's basically the gist of this scene. Claire telling Galus the story of what happened to Ian, how he came into the possession of pirates And all the while, you can see on Claire's face that she just really does not trust Galus. There's just a look in her eye. Kat does such a good job implying that Galus is full of horse feathers and she knows it, but putting on the pretense of politeness, if that makes sense. This next extended scene is called Our Paths Keep Crossing. What it really is is just several long beats that ended up being cut from the final cut simply because it just started to drag. One in particular moment was one of the slaves pouring the tea back into the teapot, which since the last scene, We're Friends, got cut, having the tea in that scene didn't really make sense, so they cut that. They also cut some of the bits and pieces from Claire and Galis's conversation, as well as the entire run out to the cane break where the witchy ceremony was being held. While they're running out, there's this huge crocodile that's hanging from the tree that they've caught This crocodile is a nod to a bigger scene in the books where Claire actually survives a tangle with a crocodile, sort of like a similar tangle with a different animal that she survived from the first book. I felt like it was apropos to have that crocodile in the final cut because it also is a nice link back to season two and the crocodile that hangs in Master Raymond's shop. It's just kind of giving a little bit of a nod to that whole story as well, especially since Master Raymond has connections to time travel and witchcraft and all of that. To connect that to such a storyline in the Caribbean so many miles away from Paris, France, really just tickled my fancy a little bit. I think that that would have been a really creative path to follow. So I'm kind of bummed that this all got cut out. I'm not here to come for anybody or anything, but I just feel like that would have been a nice little nod to connecting some of the dots of the story. So the final scene is simply a director's cut of the whole dance around the bonfire, Margaret's prophecy. Brianna coming through for Jamie and Claire, finding young Ian, this director's cut is actually how it was originally written in the script. And I'm actually really glad that they changed all of this and simplified it, took some lines out, they ran some scenes together. And instead of cutting back and forth between what was happening with Jamie and Claire, what was happening with Margaret and Willoughby and Archie Campbell they just kind of streamlined it all and made it feel a lot better, a lot more cohesive. I was a much bigger fan of how this ended up coming together in the final cut, I'll be honest. There's not really any content that's different. They did have sort of a prolonged interaction with all of the slaves, particularly the witch doctor, the guy that was wearing the crocodile head. There was a bit of a prolonged interaction before Willoughby came in and saved Jamie and Claire, but honestly, nothing super standout-ish. It was more so how things were lifted out and placed in other places to create a more cohesive story. And I think if you ever question how much things change from how they were shot to what they look like after they go through the editing process, this director's cut called The Prophecy is a wonderful example of how things can change so miraculously. Honestly, the past couple of episodes that I've discussed for season three have all had major editorial reworkings. And I think that for the most part, they do work. There are some choices that obviously I didn't agree with, but nobody's going to agree on everything. But overall, this director's cut, I think, is, is useful more as a learning tool, as more of an illustration of what something would look like if it always proceeded directly as the script instructs versus If you have that final editing room process and you go through and you watch and you cut and you rework and you watch it again and you rework, the editing process is so long, especially for shows like this that are basically movies in and of themselves with their production quality. So with all of that, that wraps up the deleted and extended scenes for season three of Outlander. We haven't really had any big Outlander news. I was hoping we were going to get something for Season 7 Part B over Valentine's Day, but obviously that didn't happen. I am... Following all of the newest cast members that were announced for Blood of My Blood just to kind of see if I can catch any details. And I noticed that Hermione Corfield had her first day of filming today, which is February 19th, 2024. So that's cool that they are starting to film the Beecham storyline of the prequel as we speak. But other than that, we haven't really had much by way of information dropped and I'm hoping we're going to get something for 7B soon, but I know they're still trying to sort out this Lionsgate mess in the UK and we're not likely to get anything until they get that sorted out. I think that's all I've got for this week. In two weeks, we will be doing Droughtlander Book Club on the Amber Brooch. We will be splitting that into two parts to discuss all the bits and pieces of the eighth book in the Celtic Brooch series by Catherine Lowry Logan. That will be a live book club event in my group TSF Absasnax if you would like to join. The Celtic Brooch books are great time travel romances, easy reads, very entertaining. Catherine is getting ready to drop her newest book, The Moonstone Brooch, here soon. But yes, we'll be covering the Amber Brooch over March 9th and March 16th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be posting a abridged versions of those discussions as podcasts. But if you would like to participate in the live event, make sure to go and join my group TSF of Sassanax. Make sure to answer all the questions, agree to follow the rules, and someone will approve your request shortly. So that'll be in two weeks. Until then, you guys stay safe out there and I will chat at you later. Bye!